This is the PowerShell Podcast. It's all about PowerShell and the PowerShell community. PowerShell Podcast. A production of PDQ.com. Making device management simple, secure, and pretty damn quick. And now, here's your hosts, Jordan Hammond and Andrew Plaw. Hey everybody, welcome back to the PowerShell Podcast. I'm Jordan with Ultra Superstar Andrew. I think I've officially dropped mediocre from my my uh, self title in these intros. Let's go! I did it? That's that's, that's my self confidence there. That is awesome, man. That is great. <laughs> I, I'm let's add a little compliment in there too next time. Maybe a an amazing yeah, baby steps. I, I, I might go as high as uh, pa- palatable, palatable. Fair. All right. So after our shame of of our last intro pre-show oh my gosh the that worst intro. in history you know i'm sorry the nerves got to me we i'll take the heat on that one jordan okay but just i appreciate david doesn't is not fleeing in the middle of that realizing we're not professional we're gonna do better this time we actually you have know, things to talk about actually let's be honest let's i think that we did that on purpose to make him feel like oh wow i can be comfortable around <laughs> these buffoons i think that we did that on purpose and you know what david i guess you're welcome we know what we're doing here that. we're really excellent all right, so I, I think our first point of order is you're supposed to shame me for my failures. Yes, shame on you, Jordan, for telling our beloved listeners that you are going to come to my user group with our friend and Microsoft MVP and PowerShell podcast guest, Doug Fink, talking about PowerShell AI. But, uh, you know, some stuff came up and you weren't able to make it. So I, I don't want to shame you. You told me to shame you. So I don't blame no. you. But next time, man. I, we'll, I don't, we'll I don't need now. I don't have an excuse. It, it was it was a busy week. But when it came down to it, I could have fitted in and I just drew a blank. I failed. There's, hey. there's no excuse for it. I, I feel you. But also, I know how exhausting it can be to do speaking stuff. Like, And another social event can be, for me, very exhausting, especially at the end of the day. So, you know, shame on you. But also, it's all good. Uh, next time though for real we got some cool other events and not just gainesville powershell user groups that we're going to be attending that are powershell related um i know that we haven't plugged as much of the stuff as we've done in the past but i think in the future we'll do a better job at letting people know what we're up to what we have coming down the pipeline powershell related all right i think the last thing we have is you have you have a psa for everyone writing their code right now I have a PSA for everyone writing their code right now. That's an intro that uh, is not written in the notes, but now I know what you're talking about, Jordan. Yeah. So I was writing some code, my friends, and to me, it was uh, very understandable what I was doing. Not advanced, pretty simple stuff. I was trying to do like proof of concept type thing and it wasn't working. And I was like, what's going on here? And for a while, I was kind of beating my head against it. Ended up kind of giving up for the day and taking a nice little siesta. I was sleeping for the night. And I woke up in the morning and knew exactly what to do. It was a very simple um, issue. And I fixed it and moved on with my life. And PSA, take a break. Take a breather. You know, I personally sometimes get so caught up in the momentum of the day and jumping between problems that I'll over-focus on something and forget the bigger picture. It's, it's so, hard to see when you lose your efficiency. Oh, it totally is. But <laughs> yeah, All right, choose your, your times to code. But that's enough. Are. Let's bring in... The Wait, latest no. superstar. No, I'm 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 actually skipping this on purpose. Let's bring in superstar oh. Rob Sewell, who uh, is a big part of DBA tools. He is known as well, I don't want to mess up. SQL with a beard or SQL DBA with a beard. SQL DBA with a beard. With the beard. Yes. yes. It's it's a big joke because you know I'm completely clean shaven. <laughs> <laughs> and and who's ever met a SQL DBA with a beard? You know, there's you never get any of this. New territory, the first one. 
So before we move on into some awesome stuff on SQL and PowerShell in the community, I just want to know, we're talking about your name. Where did it come from? Uh, like, when did you originally pick it? And when did you decide, like, hey, this is something I'm really going to make my brand? Or was it kind so of a natural I, like, slope? Well, um, I was always Fade to Black. Fade to Black is my favorite Metallica song. And so that was my my handle all over the place. Um, but, you know, it's not really kind of professional and what have you. So at the point when I started um, speaking and started writing, and it was like, I really need to be a thing. Um, and, I, and I just sat there and I just decided SQL DBA with a beard because, you know, I, I do actually have quite a large beard. And it, it, it just makes me laugh because everybody talks about a database administrator being the one with the beard that you, you know, they're like mushrooms. You put them in the dark and you feed them. Oh, no, you said I could swear. You put them in the – yeah, let's, let's do that again. So, like, a database administrator, you know, you always see them with with a beard, and uh, they're, they're like mushrooms. You you put them in the dark and you feed them ish, and then, you know, that's that's what they are. So it was it was kind of just a funny little joke to myself, and, and then I became SQL DBA with a beard. But then the funniest thing was um, I changed my Twitter handle, and all of a sudden I became SQL DBA with a bear. <laughs> because – you're only allowed to have 15 characters. So, so then I became SQL DBA with a beard everywhere except on Twitter where I'm SQL DBA with beard. With beard. <laughs> I, actually, I, I like dropping the A. Actually, I had noticed it. I just didn't want to bring it up in case like it was like a, a sort like you're st stuck with an accident. You're stuck with the title. No, not no, not at all. It's not like it's not like our cats. Our cats have a, a Twitter account called Seek and Destroy, except it's S three Eek and Destroy, because my wife decided that that she should put their birth date in. So immediately Twitter Twitter went, "Hang on a minute, this six month year old is not allowed to have a Twitter account." Oh wow, <laughs> that's funny. But these are some good hacker names, like Fade to Black. I feel like you could have had a second career as a hacker. Oh, well, maybe I do. Oh, okay. We'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. We're not trying to express yeah. anybody. <laughs> All right. So Jordan mentioned this earlier. You know, we've we like DBA tools in a month lunches. I don't know if you've heard of that book, but you know, we've had a lot of uh, the people who've worked on that book on this podcast. And Jordan, I, I believe this completes kind of like um, Zelda, like the little trifecta thingy. This is like this completes the circle for us. If if DBA tools with much month of lunches was like Pokemon, we have we have caught them all. Ah, <laughs> uh, so this is, so now the challenge is, you know, I I have to you know, I have to surpass or at least equal um, two of the other authors. I mean, nobody's going to beat Chrissy. I know this, so you know. We Chrissy, talked about Chrissy food. That's that's always a win for me. Uh, Chrissy has amazing food. I have had some of the most fabulous food at Chrissy's house. So that uh, does not surprise me. Yeah, she is very well-cultured and an excellent chef. Uh, and also, I mean, one of the other authors, whilst we are recording this podcast, is actually breaking DBA checks. So, Jess, that's who that's we're talking about? This, this is who we're talking about, yeah. So my, gonna... my buddy, Jess. <laughs> but, uh, we're going to have to bring her back so she can defend herself here <laughs> yes but wow did you know that we were like the powershell podcast but man powershell and sql they're good friends we have a lot in common a lot of overlap it's awesome 
but you're mentioning DBA checks. So she's breaking some stuff. Are there being changes being made? Like what's going on with that? Oh, wow. So, uh, so first of all, let's, let's just make sure for the people who don't know what, what we're talking about, because, you know, I, I, I'm, I, my ego is not so big that I think that everybody knows what DBA tools and DBA checks are. So DBA tools is a set of PowerShell commandlets in a module that will enable you to work with Microsoft SQL Server. Okay. And I'm not saying that the official SQL Server module from Microsoft is rubbish. I'm just saying that DBA tools does it better. And the reason they do it better is because there are more people involved in it. So there are 297 million contributors who, who have written five and a half million billion trillion lines of code. I can't remember the numbers because they just they just keep going up. Whereas the Microsoft SQL Server module is is but 0.2 of a person's job because they've got all of the other stuff to do with SQL Server as well. So it's, it's no criticism, it's just that's what it is. So that's DBA tools. DBA checks um, is is my personal baby because what I do as a when I was a database administrator was I wanted to make sure that that everything was just so. So I would have morning routine where I would check that all of the overnight jobs had run to make sure that all the backups and the maintenance and the ETL loads and all of these things had completed. And probably the the earliest PowerShell script that I wrote of was one that went around the estate, checked all of these jobs, wrote an Excel file. Uh, this is before Doug Fink and Import Excel, by the way, which makes it so much easier. Color-coded the Excel file. Green is good, red is bad. Um, and placed it into a share and emailed the rest of the team and said, this is where it is. So I literally took a, a job that took two hours and turned it into mainly 30 seconds of scrolling through an Excel sheet looking for the red. So then Pesta comes along, right? So Pesta is now validation for your PowerShell. It's unit testing for your PowerShell, and it allows you to, to run checks. So I like to say that anything that you can get with PowerShell, you can test with Pesta. Well, great. I'm really good at getting stuff with PowerShell. So now I can test it with Pesta. Green is good, red is bad. Oh, hang on a minute, I've been doing this for a decade. I know what I'm doing. So we built DBA checks to enable us to do that exact thing. And it's totally configurable, you know, width ways and depth ways. You can set different values for, um, you know, how long is it that we must have had a full backup since? You know, if we've got a really big database, maybe we only do a full backup every month. Yeah, and we'll do diff backups every week and we'll do log backups every five minutes, you know. But if we've got a different sort of database, maybe we'll only do full backups and we'll only do them every night because they only take five minutes. Yeah, so we might have different sets of rules that we need to do. So we, we had to make it really configurable. And it literally took me two years of discussing this with Chrissy. Well, we could do this. No, we can't do that. No, we could do this. No, we can't do that. Because you're trying to work out how to to get all of these things to work together. And then, of course, Fred the Magician came along, PS Framework, and uh, enabled us to have this configuration module available. And that then meant that it became simpler to do. So then we wrote all of these things 
lot of the PowerShell that I already had, turned it into pester checks, put it all together, turned it into DBA checks. Everything was beautiful, and Yucca changed pester and released version 5. And lo and behold, all of our code refused to work. Because what we did was we took the number of SQL instances first, and then we just did a for each loop and we went to random. And of course, in PESTA v3 and v4, that worked absolutely fine. But in PESTA v5, you have this, this different way of um, thinking, the different way of creating your, your, your checks and or tests, sorry, and, and being able to do it. So we are currently in the process of rewriting, um, rewriting DBA checks to use PESTA v5. Uh, and it is, in fact, Jess Pomfret and Claudio Silva, main people that are doing it, you know, kind of names that we know from DBA tools because we, we know what we're doing. Um, but whilst we're doing this, we're now, we're up in the game. So now we're bringing in all the CI, CD, DevOps, goodness, automated unit testing. We're doing it in dev containers. We're making use of the sampler module to do all of our creation and our building of all of our stuff. And we're then using Jakob's profiler module to then do performance testing on our, um, on our code because what happened when we wrote DBHX was that people came back and they went, hey, it's really slow. And I went, not that slow. But yeah, I ran out against this instance with 500 databases on it. It was really slow. We went, ah, yeah. Unfortunately, that's SMO. That's SQL management objects. We can't, we can't change that. SMO's now being open sourced, and some of those things have got a lot better. And then somebody else came along and said, yeah, it takes ages to run. I'm like, really? What are you running? Well, I'm running it on my 10,000 SQL instance estate. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it will. It's going to take a long time to do that. Hmm. So then we started looking. We decided, right, you know, PESTA v5 is supposed to be so much quicker. Um, let's try and improve what we're doing. And, and we went and started looking at the code. And we found that we were doing things like um, if we needed to go and pick up some configuration items, like a special SQL Server configuration, SP configure um, values, that we were going hey, I need to go and check what the cost threshold for parallelism is. Come back again. Oh, hey, I need to go and check where the order close is turned on and come back again. Oh, hey, I need to go and check if order shrink is turned on and come back again. And it's like, well, you know what? Might be a better, better idea is to gather all of what we're going to get from that instance. Go and get it all and then come back and do our check. So we're starting to do all of these things and using the profiler module to do all of that. Which then means that um, there's been a new PESTA release because we found that there was some stuff that PESTA was doing where it was um, it, it was going through and checking every command that you had loaded and checking for the, 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 the ghost mocks, I think he called them, and removing them from your session. And this is something that PESTA does before it, it starts to run. Um, great, except that if you have loads of... Uh, commands, then suddenly this starts taking longer and longer. And there's a different way of doing it. So instead of using get commands, Jakob changed it to do something else. You know, for, oh, we've got this. Um, and that's that's led to a new new pest release. So it's it's been it's been really interesting because you, you just end up learning 
so much as you're trying to work out what's going on in, in the weeds. But then you take all of this knowledge that you bring. People are like, why, why do you do this open source stuff? You know, like you take all of that knowledge and then you pick it up and then you go and do it at work. And then you know, like, oh, actually, if I'm going to start running this thing for 500 resource groups in Azure, instead of going and checking every time, these things that I need. Perhaps I'll work out the things that I need to get and go and get them in one hit and come and bring them back. And you take all of this knowledge and you move it forward and everybody goes, oh, wow, look at that. You're like, mm, yeah. That's awesome. So if I'm understanding right, DBHX is saving people tons of time, right? It's a very useful way to ensure and administer, like ensure that your uh, SQL instances are configured a particular way and up to date and pass whatever tests kind of thing. But if people didn't have DBHX, like how else would they go about this? Like what other, I mean, I guess they'd have to obviously like write the wrapper kind of thing themselves, but it sounds like quite a, a lot of work. Is there any easier alternative? Like my, my point is to highlight how helpful this is. Like I, I feel like in the landscape of tools, it must be pretty impactful. Um, so, I mean, first of all, it's free and it's tested on many, many, many different estates and different languages and all of this sort of stuff. Um, if you're going to do it in a different way, then you're going to have to have some sort of tooling that needs to go and gather those information. And most of the time, people who are using that tooling are, are using it to gather performance metrics because they want to see that they're interested in why does my report take so long to run? Yeah, how can I improve this query? Why is my app, when I press this button, why does it take so long to run? Well, yeah, it's because this database query is taking a long time. And normally, it's because this application's written some rubbish query and is not processing it very well. But you know, it's always the database's fault. But you know, we we need to we need to pick up on that. So you have to spend a lot of money on this performance monitoring tool, and then alter it to try to make use of it for. Um, <clears throat> for the, the reasons that you want, because DBHX is a state validation. It's, is my thing set up correctly? So um, Tracy Boggiano um, wrote, has written a great set of checks for CIS, which is computer. <laughs> it's, a, it's a particular set of um, rules that auditors like to put in for, um, is your SQL Server set up correctly? And what we've got is we've put those into DBHX with the configuration preset. So you just run the, um, the set DBA, DBC CIS checks command, and it sets all the config, and then you run it, and then you can just go, yep, my estate passes these checks. The previous way of doing that, because auditors love screenshots, is you would have to go to every single instance and take a screenshot of this value oh, no. and put it into a thing. Oh, no, I kid you not. Oh. This is exactly what they would do, right? So that's the difference. But honestly, I think the best way that I explain what the difference is, is when I was working for a call center, um, for um, I was working for a call center company, and one of our clients was a government institution. Um, and one of the SAN admins wandered over to me and said, is um, everything okay? And I could run invoke DBC check, my list of production instances, which was just in a variable that I just picked in my session every time, check instant connection, go. 
And within 30 seconds, I'd, I'd run around the estate and I could say, these ones are not working. What have you done? And then he cycled away and told me from across the room that he not only dropped but deleted the data drive from one of my instances, my biggest, most important instance. But it meant that I knew immediately. I knew exactly what it was that he'd, what it was affected. And I knew, kind of luckily, but I knew before the client manager came over to start shouting and waving their arms in the air, <laughs> we could get that information. So DBHX is able to, to, to do that at the command line. It's amazing. My other favorite story about DBHX, ah, because I'm going to get this one in before as well, is sat working at a client much, much later on when I was a consultant, sat working um, in a, a, a very high-pressure business. And this uh, junior DBA, her job was to come in in the morning at half past six and run through all of these checks. And, and there, were, there were stupid things like, you know, um, if uh, if Jordan's meal job hasn't run, then as long as it's not a Monday that's the first one in the month, then it's okay. You can let it go until tomorrow. Otherwise, you've got to run it again. Yeah, look, there are all of these sort of things that she had written down on this Excel sheet and she had to go through and take everything off. And the reason she had to do with that was so that she could get it all fixed so that when everybody came into work, everything was working. And I used to sit next to her and listen to all of this happening. I used to be like, can I fix this for you, please? And that's how I got into putting everything into, um, into a database. Because before then, we were, we were quite static in our, in our checks because, because that was the view. It was, it was that picture that we wanted. Whereas now, we, could, we, we created it so that she could run these checks. And again, save so much time because everything was done. She just got the results and then she could take action on them. Everything was ranked, but also you could see over time what would happen. So she could go back to her boss and say, well, look, this is what's happening every time, or these are the things that I fixed that are now stopping happening every time. And it really began to make a, make a difference. So I think those are the two, two things that I love most about DBHX. I can't imagine doing the job without that. I'm not that I am a DBA, but like thinking about having to be responsible for so much and not being able to query it doesn't sound feasible. Um, but being able to administer and check in on all your systems and be able to feel confident, right? Like if you are responsible for yeah. something, how many people are responsible for a group of some kind of thing and aren't able to actually know, right? It's nice yeah. to have that visibility and confidence especially when your company is like built upon perhaps the application whose data you're storing right this is big stuff um and i think it's really cool to see a free module like this that makes it so not only those huge businesses with the successful but even the smaller companies that maybe have internal applications where it's like an unempowered sql dba fighting uphill it's like wow you can have some free time and get ahead of the work that's going to keep coming but you're going to be able to have a better life really and, and it means that all of those people who look after some SQL, as well as all of the other stuff that they do, they, if they know PowerShell, it's like everything, isn't it? If you know PowerShell, then you can at least just get on and do it, put it 
put it to good use. So you could go into somewhere and you'll be like, oh, you've got this, this SQL Server. Can you have a look at it? You'd be like, well, no, but tell me what you need. I can go and find DBA tools and DBA checks. And yeah, maybe I can check some stuff and, and, and see what's going on. So what, what I liked about the initial, the, the buildup of the changes DBA tools went through is this is a free application. When Pester went through that big change, it would have been completely understandable. What's the minimum change we could do to make it continue running? And instead you went in and you used the opportunity of what can we make better from this? It, you, you removed any sort of tech debt before it even got started on something that is a free application. It's, it's uh, it highlights why it's such a, a big deal. It's the, the care put into it. Thank you. I, I think I think that's the, that's the the beauty of um, of DBA tools is is particularly the the community contributions over over the years and years and years and years that have meant that th this people that, that care about it because they're doing it in their own time. So they put all of that passion and that energy and feeling into it. So you end up building a, a great a great thing if you are collaborating in that way you know you you'll build a great thing if you concentrate on it yourself and put all of your passion into it but if you do that and you share it with everybody and have everybody else bringing all their knowledge in you're going to build something so much better it's really cool to see the community oriented nature of dba tools and all the people who are involved with it um and in general it's I think that when you operate that way, you have more of an impact. So it like feels better to improve it, right? Because you know that it's affecting all these people in such a positive way and helping companies and so on and so forth. Like it's just such a positive cycle. Uh, I love seeing that type of thing. So congrats on your involvement in that and all the successes for DBA tools and DBA checks and the whole DBA tools and PowerShell community. Absolutely. Thank Although you, you did mention Jess is breaking it, so I guess we'll see when this goes live if it's still <laughs> a thing. Break it to fix it, right? <laughs> so um, we're, I mean, we're back in we're back in this thing of I said we we we're not just doing the DBA checks checks against the SQL database anymore. What we're doing is we're using Sampler to build our whole environment inside a dev container. The dev container's got three. SQL instances in it. It got a load of testing um, uh, functions that we've got available to check for performance to make sure that we're when we switch from v4 to v5, we're doing we're getting the same results with the same things because all of this is is important. And what what we've what we've also done is is we've put some branch protection rules in. Which, which means that you know we're actually protecting stuff and doing it properly. Now, we're pretty much just working on main. We chuck everything into main, and uh, the main goes off and goes, right, yep, yeah, I'll build a GitHub release. I'll release it to the PowerShell gallery. This is just pre-release. That's all fine. It's all done on tags. It's brilliant. But our container and our dev container also lives in the main branch of this repository. So when we needed to, to update it, our... Um, GitHub Action doesn't have permissions to push to main because it's protected, which is correct. So, so now we're having to split it out, and, and we're actually trying to split these contain this container build out because PowerShell's released. You know, there's a new version of PowerShell. We were on seven point two, I think, in the containers, and now we're seven point three point three. 
yeah, 0.3. Um, so it, we, we needed to, to do that. And in, in doing that, the first, the first thing that happened was that Jess managed to release the new container, um, but not update the dev container JSON. But then trying to update the dev container JSON via PR then created a new container, which bumped up the version of that, which then wasn't oh, no. relevant. <laughs> it was like, ah, oh, now we're stuck in this thing. <laughs> oh, challenges of a big, I guess, software development, right? Just yeah. complex stuff, systems. Stuff that, stuff that we're learning learning as, as we go along. But it, equally, it's so much better because it means that I could give it to you. And you, well, if I, if you can go to the GitHub repository. You could run it in code spaces in the browser if you want to and you're going to be able to run slower of course in the browser but you're going to be able to run exactly the same tests against exactly the same environment and you can bring all of your knowledge for, for you know so uh matthias yes and iis reset me came in and did some nerdy deep dive cool stuff that i didn't <laughs> yeah. really understand like you know that's what he, he does. starts talking you know, it's, it's amazing but i don't understand what he's doing but he could come up and do that without needing to know anything about the what we required for the the, the database side of it or the sql side of it. but make sure that all of our tests and everything could run because we're all got exactly the same same environment so it's it's improving all of that stuff as well which actually once you start building Building things, I think, is really important. We were ch I was chatting with Adam Bacon at um, PSA UK two months ago, whenever it was, um, and talking about how it's it, when you are actually building and developing things. Actually, if you're bringing these skills and this knowledge into the things that you build for the community, you're building better product, but you're also actually improving yourself back in your your work in your real life as well. So. All good stuff. Awesome. And just to put a bow on DBHX, I know we mentioned Pester and some other kind of cool changes happening to it, but if I'm just a DBA that hasn't gotten started with DBHX and I want to get started, do I need to know Pester or can I just maybe install the module, get it set up and run the invoke DB check? As, so uh, hang on, as, as with all things with PowerShell, if you know how to use get dash command and you know how to use get dash help, then you can go and do what it is that you need to do. Everything should be available to you from there. If you want to, or if you have your own custom pester checks already for your environment and you want to add those in, there's ways of doing that as well. So a couple of configuration challenges and making sure you have your pester set up in a certain way to, to fulfill you know, our rules, if you like, and, and then you go along. So the, the challenge in making it as simple as possible and yet also as configurable and as advanced as you want it to be is 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 hopefully it's pretty much there awesome i love things where you know i mentioned it earlier but that person who has way too much on their plate their work culture is against them they can get started and over time improve it right because it's for some at least for me a lot of times whenever i've felt overwhelmed at work it's hard to start new things it's hard to say like oh let me put this on my plate and research it and this and yeah yeah, yeah so awesome sure. work now, Jordan and I, we're attending a PowerShell Summit, and I think at the time of posting this, that'll be a week from today. But uh, And in the future, we're hoping to join you over the pond there, but I believe you have a, an awesome conference you're heavily involved with coming up. You want to talk about PowerShell Conference Europe? 
Yeah, PS Confi U for for want of ease of use. Um, this year it is in Prague. It's June the nineteenth to the twenty second, um, and it, it will be a lot of fun. I'm not saying that it's better than the PowerShell Summit. I'm just saying that other people say that it's better than the PowerShell Summit. Out of our guests that have attended both summits, I think the only definitive we got was from Fred, who said the beer was better it's at uh, PS Confio. Europe, yes, uh, of course. <laughs> I think that it, I don't think people, many people choose between two. I think it's like, if you're, if it's accessible to you, you'll attend it because they're pretty far from each other. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so yeah, we're, we will, uh, we, we spent a lot of time in a single place. So we were in Hanover in Germany because uh, Tobias, um, is based there and it, it made it easier for him. And we had the Hanover Congress Centrum, which is a fantastic building. Um, was it the best venue in the world? Uh, it had its ups and its downs. Um, and we could go to the zoo for the evening event, which was, was always um, very positive. Um, one thing that uh, we, we took to PSCon for you is the 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 speakers the microsoft product group you know jeffrey snover the attendee who only learned what powershell was last week all sit the same they all come and join and you can sit next to each other they interact with each other it's it's very it's a very different experience and from from some conferences where you have that feeling of us and them, where the, the us are the, the elite speakers and the, you know, who, who have you, and the them are the, the people attending. We, we very much wanted not to have that. Um, and we, 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 we encourage and absolutely do our best to ensure that we have this um, complete interaction amongst all of the community because it's so important. And nothing better than than just being able to. I remember when I was first SQL DBA, and I sat with uh, Lerte Juna, who was a, a Brazilian DBA who was heavily into PowerShell. Who, um, and I just said, I don't understand this. This doesn't work for me. Uh, and he just sat down with me for forty minutes, and we went through and we worked out. And it was like, oh yeah, that doesn't work. That's a bug. And then he raised the bug because he was an MVP. He raised the bug in Microsoft, and blah 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 blah. It all moved on. But just being able to have that ability to have that interaction just brings people forward so much. So we, we really want to uh, uh, try to do that. So we were we were in Hanover, and then Tobias um, stepped away from, from running PSCon for You. So last year, we went to Wien, Vienna, and we, we ran in the hotel there. It was extraordinarily hot. My word. <laughs> It was Jess and I would go out for a walk every morning, and like you could go out for a walk early, so just after breakfast before the conference. Like, that was that was okay. If you went out at lunchtime, it was like, oh, God, oh, Reiki Moses, it's so hot here. And you know, with this head, it's not built for being outside in the sunshine, so it was it was a bit it was a bit much. So we 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 enjoyed Veen. Veen was good, but then we decided to move to Prague. Um, Nothing to do with uh, Jakob being um, over in that country, but it, it, we like to have local people available to help us. And we've decided to to move around because 
Um, it's the Parish Hall Conference Europe. It's not the Parish Hall Conference Germany. So we wanted to to improve that. So that's um, that's where we've got. We've got um, days of um, events. We've got many of the people that you would expect to be talking there. We've got the product group from Microsoft coming over. We've got Bruce Pyatt will be there as well, which is super good to get Bruce back over. Um, and it'll be as much fun as it was last year. And we've That's heard great things. Say. So awesome. Yeah. And are tickets still available if people want to get a ticket? Absolutely. Absolutely. PSConf.eu. Awesome. Go, go buy a ticket and uh, come and come and enjoy Prague with us. It'll be, it'll be fantastic. Awesome. We'll put a link in the show notes. I, I do like that. The, the two biggest summits for PowerShell, both take people that are new to it and make them feel welcome. They're, it's constantly building new lifelong advocates for PowerShell. Yes. I think that it's such a cool thing. And I, I think that with any community that's really advanced, they see the benefit of making it like building people up. It makes everything better in so many ways. It's just a proper approach. It may, it's good, like on a feel good emotional level, but also like on a practical perspective, it's just a better way of doing things in my opinion. And from kind of what I've observed. I, I totally agree. The thing that, um, that we don't do as well in the PowerShell world as the, the data world does particularly. Um, and I've just finished organizing um, SQL Bits in Europe, which is a, did a two and a half thousand person conference over a week. So we it's a significantly different size from a, from a PSConf EU or a, or a PowerShell Summit. But the, um, the diversity and inclusivity of the attendees and the speakers is much greater in that world than it is in the partial world, unfortunately. So I think um, anybody that's listening, do do your bit to make that better because more diverse, more inclusivity, more encouragement for all those things builds better communities, builds better open source things, builds better. Yep, so. it's right in line with those same values of of making things better right? The more diverse your perspective is in any kind of group that's solving problems or doing anything, the better you're off. Um, So it's in everyone's best interest to uh, spend some time making that a little bit better in whatever way you can. And uh, I mean, I would say go, uh, there's a a lady called Remerit um, who, who's done um, a talk about the the effects of um, diverse teams and, and how it makes for better products or actually the opposite way around the the things that teams have done which have been so bad that they haven't realized until they've gone to market you know the the soap dispenser that will only work on white skin mm. <laughs> yeah right oh my word you know it it is incredible, but it's because you know it's because of because of diversity. It's the question I ask about AI all the time. How are we stopping that from from getting in and hitting our you know affecting the the the, the systems, the applications that we're that we're building? Yep. We've got to have diverse teams asking those questions. Definitely, some good stuff there, man. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about the call for data speakers what's going on you calling for some speakers you got some some stuff coming up what's up yeah so um it's it's a really neat thing that i like and i'm and i'm gonna say it here because 
I want to bring something that we do that's really cool in, in the data world and say, hey, go build something cool. So what the call for data speakers does is when an event happens, they submit, hey, we're, you know, we're happening on June the 19th. We're called PowerShell Conference Europe. We're accepting people from all of this, blah, blah, blah. Here is our link for our call for papers. And it will then um, automatically update the website, and then it will go and build uh, yeah, uh, some, MailChimp, some MailChimp action and go and just send out to anybody who's subscribed wants to know about new events coming up that they can put speakers for. And then we've also got... Um, We've got uh, pre-con training day, full day training. Um, we quite often have with with data events. We'll have uh, sort of multiple smaller sessions, and then before that, we'll have a full day training session by you know, by, by people. Um, so we've added in, uh, um, and it's literally it runs off a GitHub issue. So it's, it's super simple. You go, you fill in a GitHub issue that says, "This is my name." This is this is the way that you can get in touch with me. This is what I'm happy to talk about. Um, these are the, air, the, the areas in the world that I can do it. And the, once you fill in the issue, the action runs, it updates the website. So then if the event goes, oh, you know what, actually, I want to go and find some more training day people because I've only getting the same old names, they can go and find something like that. And it leads back into that conversation we just had about diversity. Because one of the things we know about old white men is they're super confident. You know, ain't no problem with, with them saying, yeah, come and get me. I'll supply for this. I can do this. I'm in control of my own finances. I can make sure that all of this happens. You will know that they exist. People who are not in that world, who are from all of the other diversities, whether it's gender, whether it's sexuality, whether it's race, they are more likely to be um, to, to be less confident in selling their skills, to have more challenges, to be m more affected by um, imposter syndrome. Um, the, the thing about, um, uh, if you look at a job skills matrix, a man looks at it and goes, yeah, I could probably do 60% of that, I'll apply. A woman looks at it and says, well, I can't do 100% of that, I won't apply. By getting over that and just saying to people, hey, if you just put your name here, then the events will come and find you because you're talking about this thing that's amazing. It just helps to make that a little bit better. So that's, that's the thing. Yeah. yeah, just just a, just a little bit, just a tiny bit. Just, just, just make a difference. And that's, that's what Data Speakers, Call for Data Speakers is about. It's super simple to run. It's Daniel Huchmacher um, as, uh, runs the website part of it. I did the GitHub Actions side of the thing. Um, I, I, you know, I'm imploring somebody, go make that thing. Make it for something outside of the data speakers world as well. Go, go make awesome. that thing. Make yeah, you wrote a blog about the GitHub Actions as well, and we'll include a link to the blog and the call for data speakers. I, I just like the idea of that in general just because like every time – any summit comes around and say, hey, we're calling for speakers, we're looking for speakers. To be able to just go in and hit something up is like, hey, this event's happening and let that handle the call for speakers for you. It probably saves a lot of oversight for those that are putting it all together too. I, I think it, 
it just it just helps. I think that this point in time where we're moving from uh, COVID to maybe not COVID, um, from virtual events to not you know in, to in person events, a lot of the old um, and especially with the the strange bird social media thing that's happening, a lot of the old promotional methods that people had um, either don't work or the same audience isn't there, or they don't know how to reach the audience. So, you know, we, we know who we can go and ask, but how do we get, get some of these new people? And it's by, um, it, it's, that, it's that butterfly thing. So if you, if, you, if you tell somebody about it, that's one thing, but if you actually enable them to tell other people, to tell other people, to tell other people, to tell other people, suddenly your reach is getting, getting much wider. So, uh, hope, hopefully it makes a difference, but I, I just think it's a good idea, and I think more people should do it. And if there was more of me, then then there would be more of these things. But there's only one of me. Well, I think you've you've done a good job at modeling some good behavior, and hey, people can definitely uh, repeat what you've done in different circles and, and get some awesome results. Um, but I, I really like your approach. You know, I think that when I hear the way you approach things, to me, it's like directionally correct is kind of what comes to mind, where it's beneficial in so many different ways. It's just the right approach, you know, for so many reasons. And I love that kind of thing. And I love to see that in the world. So um, keep doing what you're doing. Very cool stuff. Thank you. Now, um, I don't know if you've heard, but Jordan, I think you might have some... Uh, Oh, wait, sorry. I wanted to talk about Data Saturdays, too. I know that these Call for Speakers are for speaking events, but also... You have some data Saturdays going on. Yeah, so so uh, in the in the old world, in 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 the data platform community, there was uh, and there's still are SQL Saturdays, and they were run by a charity, a, a sort of non for profit that went bust, and there's all sorts of drama about it. And so suddenly there was a gap, and and there was no way of having these events. Uh, and my buddy Gianluca. In, in Italy was about to run uh, SQL Saturday Portnoni and then they couldn't do that. So we needed to do something. So we were like, right, Data Saturdays, let's make this happen. Um, Data Saturdays is just a framework to enable event organizers to run events. It's a Jekyll um, static website running um, on GitHub pages, so it costs nothing but a domain name. Um, it does some funky stuff. It creates a new page. It, uh, there's, there's a fair bit of stuff going on in the background. Again, running off of GitHub, um, a GitHub issue, which you then use, then creates a GitHub action and, and moves forward. And it's enabled, I don't know, 30 or 40 events already to have a presence to embed with session eyes or their pre-con, their training days and, um, do everything that they need to do to be able to run an event. doesn't run the event for them. They still have to put all the effort in, but it at least gives a framework. It gives a web presence. It links into the sessionizer. It makes one place for it to be. Dude, Mr. Empower, man. You are empowering so many people in so many awesome ways. Um, I love to see that, man. That's super cool. I'm looking at datasaturdays.com and it uh, looks like there's some upcoming events in May and June, all kinds of stuff. Yep, uh, Oslo, Oslo in September. So yep. Jess Pomfret and I will will be in Oslo in in September doing a doing a training day. So oh, might nice. act, that might actually not actually be. We'll leave it in, but that might not actually be um, on the website yet. 
don't think it's officially been announced. Oh, I see it. it. I, I see it. September 2nd. Oh, yeah. Oslo's announced. I just don't know if oh. the fact that Jez and I are doing a training day is announced. Oh, oh gotcha. Oh, uh, giving us the right. juice. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not that's too cool. often where it's obvious why someone's more successful than me just pops up like this one. But my approach to something I love going away is, oh, that sucks. And your approach seems to be, uh, well, I'm just going to recreate it and make it better. And that's that's an admirable quality. I think I get I get most joy from helping other people and from seeing the things that they create. You know, I, I, I'm a grand mentee. So I actually went to, to Data Grill in, in, in Germany and my, my mentee from the first time that I was there, or the, my first mentee as a speaker, he had his mentee at the event. So we were able to take this take this photo of of a, of a mentee and a mentor and then their mentor and it was just like this is so cool because you're just building this thing making it making it better and better and 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 that that is far more far more appealing to me than than anything else that we do and in listening to kind of from what i've seen so far this is our first time speaking but sounds like you have a vision of how you see the world and communities and doing things and you have a lot of experience acting on your vision and a lot of successes implementing projects like data saturdays and your experience with dbhx and so on and so forth where you identify something it your vision is to make things better and improve it and you do it you have a lot of experience knowing that like as i go through a progress project on the other end it'll look like this and, and just boom it's kind of there's that framework in your brain to keep doing it and you've had so much positive momentum you know it's really such a cool thing to see because i'm just curious what it'll feel like as i continue to go through my career and learn these lessons that you've learned it's such a awesome thing that it's more than just technical successes that we're having here. We're like growing as people, we're helping others. It's my favorite part about this whole community podcast thing is, is getting to highlight that kind of stuff. So awesome. My heart's warm. <laughs> you, 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 you can't beat it. You, you can, you can learn how to build something cool and you can write the code to do it and you can make the code faster and that's, that's great. And, and you build the thing and then the next thing comes along. But when you watch, you know, when you watch somebody that you've that that was struggling to know how to put a slide deck together, who can now put out the most amazing slide decks and give presentations, and has become an MVP in their careers, taking part, and then they're coming to you saying, "Hey, and I've got this person, and now they're doing it," and you can feel that impact that you're having on on the world. I think you know, it's it's got to be it's got to be a better way of doing it. I think. Yep, I think that you nailed it with feeling that impact, feeling the impact of your hard work makes it a lot easier to keep doing it. And by putting yourself out there and actually being in the community, you get to feel that impact. You get the benefits of that. It's a really awesome, positive reinforcement cycle. And and the rest of it comes. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I don't, oh, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't, I, I don't worry about all the other things because because the career comes because people will come and ask you to to do stuff and pay you money to do it and the all, all of the other things of MVP and you know, being selected as a speaker and you know anything else that you want that's going to come right it, it just do the right thing never stop learning listen to other people and you you know. Have a you know make an impact make a good make a good impact on the world. 
Yep. Again, it comes to mind directionally correct. If you're living in that correct way, it'll all align. Like maybe there's a couple bounces here, but you're headed this direction. You're going up. You're going in the right way. You're doing things the right way. You're not leaving big gaps uh, in the way you're living life that can come and bite you in the butt later. Yeah, for sure. But, and, uh, and 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 like nobody says it's easy, right? So here's here's the other part of it. Do I still get nervous every time I speak? Absolutely. Like you, you, you watch me five minutes before I'm about to, to start speaking. I am so nervous. Don't talk to me because there's no point. You won't get anything out of me. I'll be walking backs and forwards and off from here and doing this. And then I start speaking, bing, I'm on way. When Chrissy and I used to do presentations together, which is something I really, really miss doing, is, is she gets really nervous from minute zero to about minute two and a half. Whereas I get really nervous from like minute minus seven to minute minus one. You know, the point where you're like, right, oh, hello, how is everybody? Are we ready to go? Yeah, we're nearly ready to go. And at that point, mine, I'm, I'm gone, which is just about the point that she gets nervous. So it was, it was really funny that we, we have this like, I'm really nervous, she's really cool, calm. And then I'm totally calm, she's really nervous. <laughs> And then we got into it and we, we both go for it. But, it, you know, it doesn't matter. Everybody, everybody that you see, you know, it, it, they, they've, they've spoken to an empty room. They've, they've, their demos have gone wrong. Their computer has crashed. They've put the wrong PowerPoint up. They're always nervous. They've left their drink behind. All of these things have happened to every single speaker that you think is the most amazing, wonderful, you know, person there. It has happened. So. Do it. You have accomplished all these amazing things, but there is something you have yet to accomplish. Ooh. And that I, is I haven't played I haven't played cricket for England. I know. England. I'm too, I'm Not, too old. I'm too old, man. <laughs> Jordan, come on. <laughs> so so this one is the common parameters, which is three questions we ask all of our guests that each one is more difficult than the last. It's it is probably the most difficult challenge you're ever gonna go through in your career. So is this like what if verbose confirm exactly but there's no what if you gotta you just gotta answer these nearly impossible questions on the fly i'll are see you, what i can do are i mean i'm ready? not very good at, i'm not very good at talking jordan i don't know if you noticed <laughs> all right the first common parameter what is one time something went wrong while on the job how did you handle it and, and what did you learn Oh, yeah. I have made so many mistakes. Oh, which one do we want? I mean, you know, I, I had the the time when I pressed, uh, so F5 um, for, for PowerShell folk is debug. Um, in, in Management Studio, F5 is run the script. I, 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 I have pressed F5 and literally left my finger hanging on the thing going, oh, oh no, this is bad. Because I've just run the UAT script against production for a government organization and brought the whole thing to, to a stop. That was, that was a good one. What did I learn there? I learned that using C names to make everything identically the same between environments was a really bad idea. And we needed to make sure there was something to, to change that. Um, that, that, was, that was one good one. Um, another good mistake I made was um, learning how powerful PowerShell is. 
So um, you can change things for PowerShell really easily, you know, get a member, find the property, work out how to set it, do the dot alter, done, yeah, bingo. So what I did was I changed the alert timing differential for SQL servers to say every time this thing's happen, just alert me once every hour, okay? We don't need to have an alert running every time this thing happens. Alert us once every hour and then, then we'll be fine. Except that what I did was I actually changed it to once every millisecond, which meant that uh, on an estate of <laughs> SQL instances, the alert would fire and then 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 fire. And every time it fires, it's sending an email to the DBA team. And every time it fires, it keeps on doing that. And actually what you can do is you can break exchange. That's really easy. As someone who was an exchange admin, breaking exchange isn't impressive. The, the best bit about it was, was the phone call I got at three o'clock in the morning from an exchange admin who was absolutely furious. Like, beyond the pale purple language, so cross. And I was like, oh. And I, <laughs> I got my laptop up. I stayed in bed. I got my laptop up. I VPNed into my desk. The script was still up there. I, oh, yeah. Changed it from one millisecond to one hour. Ran the script. Done. I like, literally, it, it took me 30 seconds to fix it. It cost me three trays of donuts. Right? <laughs> That's what I did. I had to pay the cake tax, and, and I was, it was absolutely fair that I paid the cake tax because I had caused all of that problem. But I fixed it in 30 seconds. So, um, yeah, that, there's, there's, there's some of the times that I've really, really screwed up. There are plenty of others. Um, what have I learned? I have learned that um, before you run anything, you should check it, and then you should check it again, and then before you do it, you should absolutely check it to make sure it's the right thing that you're doing. Um, I made the joke about what-if parameters. For PowerShell, what-if is an absolute lifesaver. Um, little, little nugget of info. In the old days of the SQL PS PowerShell module, if you did remove database, remove SQL database with the what if parameter, what it did is it printed out on the screen, I will remove the Jordan's most favorite database after it had removed Jordan's most favorite database. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that's it no that's longer. It no longer does that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there you go. That's that, that's one. Did I did it all right with the first one? That's you good. did. You, you did pass the first first common parameter. I like to say it's three questions, but then we always I like shovel three questions into the first question. So that's I'm I'm not very consistent with my uh, with my form here. All right, second common parameter. With everything you know now, what is one tip you'd like to give your younger self when you're first starting out? You are not alone. That's a good one. So I, I when I when I first became uh, so the, for starters, this is my third career. Yeah, I I started off life um, working in what we call secure units for people with severely challenging behaviour and autism, sort of people who who have been um, legally locked up for their own safety or for other people's safety, not because they've broken the law, just because they they need that much care. So that was my that was my first 
first career. Um, when I became a SQL DBA, uh, we were, I was working for a government organization. There were four DBAs we looked after, 100 SQL instances and mere dozen Oracle um, instances, boxes, whatever. Um, and within six months of me starting, there was me because my boss left to go around the world. Um, Andrew Prusky, who um, is now known as DBA from the cold, he's, he's a container guy, absolutely fantastic. He, he went off and worked somewhere else. Um, and the other Oracle DBA left. So there was just me, and I felt very, very alone. And actually, I wasn't alone. There was a user group very close to me. There was tons of resources out online. I could I could interact with people. And by getting in touch with those people, at the point when I realized that much later on, my life became easier much quicker. Because this this is my story into PowerShell, into DBA tools, into you know, speaking to you now, into all of this world, is because I was so overwhelmed as a person who didn't know anything and who had to take the responsibility of four people and look after some really important stuff that I needed to automate. I had to automate. I had to script. I had to be able to do that because otherwise I was just never going to survive. Um, the point at which I then started learning about the community and the user groups and, and, and the people and the resources that was out there for free was the point that I then started to really develop and, and gain confidence in because I could, like you said, I could take all of that knowledge from other people and make use of it and gradually just make my life easier. So you, you're, you're never alone. There's always people out there. Just just reach out and, and find out how to get in touch with them. Great advice. I think that is a that is a first for that one as well. You're, you're treading new, new ground here, breaking new ground. This last one, this is by far the most difficult because nobody can pick just three. What are your three favorite modules in PowerShell? You can shill for yourself. It's okay. Absolutely. My three favorite modules in PowerShell completely are, without doubt, PS Framework. Because without PS Framework, there are so many things that I wouldn't be able to do. Um, and it makes logging, it makes modulizing, all of those things are fantastic. Um, DBA tools, because without DBA tools, I wouldn't be here sat in front of you. And PESTA, because without PESTA, I would still be writing com objects and writing Excel sheets and turning things green and black with thousands and thousands of lines of code that would very annoyingly go wrong. I like it. That is... Three columns. I'm surprised PS Framework doesn't pop up more often. I guess because by its very nature, it's the framework for a lot of other great work, but you don't always. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a that's that's a fair fair comment, and and I think people don't don't realize what you can do with it. So I think the people that really want to learn how to do the stuff that it does are people like Justin Grote, who. Who goes off and builds his own thing because his brain is amazingly big, and Fred's brain is amazingly big. And what he actually should have done is realised that oh, hang on a minute, we're both doing a lot of things at the same 
and going, I'm not picking on Justin in, in any way, shape or form here. It's just that that was the, the, the first point that, that, that I thought about it because many of these other the frameworky type modules people you know plaster people use sampler people use um, evoke build you know all of these things people are making use of um when once you realize what what ps framework can do it, it's so much I, I, I love it it makes life so much easier fred who has done a lot of modules said that one was his magnum opus like he was yeah very very excited to talk about that one as he should be it's a lot went into that <laughs> and, uh, it, I mean, it is like, like the, the config for it, the logging for it. I know, I love it. I write, I, mean, I wrote modules for 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 clients, um, and they were like, "Oh, how do I get to see what I've done?" I'm like, "Great, just look in the config where your log where your log path is." So you open it up, they're like, "Oh, you've got all that." No, what did you do? It's like literally all I did is just I just I commented the code in effect. Because I, I just wrote write PSF message with whatever's happening and a verbox or a significant or a whatever it might be, and look low and behold, it appears in a log file without. Well, I don't need to do anything. I don't need to know what's happening on your machine. It just happens, and I do the same. I do the same to to Azure SQL database. And so I log stuff, log stuff that runs in. Um, GitHub Actions or in um, Azure Pipelines, just running PowerShell scripts, just set the logging up, pipe it all into um, into a database. You can do it into Log Analytics as well. And you're like, what happened? Oh, yeah, great. And then you pick up, you, you can then add in Justin's, um, I can't remember the name of it now, the one that, that, that works with Application Insights as well. And like, like, Suddenly, like people are like you're a genius. I'm like, no, <laughs> he's a genius, and he's a genius, and she's a genius, and those people over there, they're geniuses. And all I've done is just go, yeah, I'll grab that. Da -da 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 -da. Hoo -ha. <laughs> I used to always say when I was, uh, bar, I was, I was stealing work, and it, it got me in trouble at work. It's like you're not stealing it; you're you're using what other people have done to make it easier. But. My, my first impulse was always to view what I was doing as stealing, which is the wrong way, because that's uh, it's very counterintuitive to the community. Well, and if you're a proper user, you know, think of it like this. If you're using an open source tool, you're helping them as long as you file issues when you run into them, you know, communicate, that kind of thing. You're doing your part. Not everyone has to be a contributor to the degree of Fred, right? And and the like the, the story I made uh, said about Pesta right at the very beginning was literally me going into the discussions on the Pesta GitHub repository and going mm, got this weird thing that's happening this is what I'm doing and then Jakob comes along and goes well what about this try this and like his brain's amazing and he's like within an hour of backwards and forwards he he he'd worked out oh unless this we'll change the thing. Frodo's looked at the PR. Well, no, we can't do it like this. We need to do this other thing. And, you know, bingo, and it's done. So being a contributor doesn't mean that you have to write code. I think I'm, you know, I don't think I'm even in the top 10 of DBA tools contributors anymore by lines of code or by commits or by whatever way you you, you, you judge it. I don't think I'm, I'm even there anymore. But that's not to say that Anybody who comes along who's the 279th of the list is not just as important and bringing their, 
bringing their value in and also not that all the people that file issues that write wikis that join in discussions that write blog posts that share stuff aren't actually having an impact in and making the community better making that project better making the whatever it is better so it's it's not all about the it's not all about the threads of this world and i love fred to bits <laughs> that, that was a has a fun conversation i think uh, he was one of our our first ever guests which was very nice of him because we were very, just starting out at the time i think uh, his his name really really helped us out <laughs> yeah fred's great you're mentioning mentors earlier fred was one of my first mentors um he was really approachable and helped me out in a big way so love fred we should get him back on sometime he's he's great you should do that you should do that fred he's done so much more so i don't so ps ps con for you is it's always hilarious because fred will say uh what would you like me to submit and i'm like <laughs> Uh, these things, please. Like same with Matthias. Matthias is saying, he's like, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this, do that, do do that, that, yes. that thing. That will be amazing. Yeah. Fred will give me a list. I got, yep. I got these fifteen things. Which one? And and uh, I, I jokingly say to him sometimes, it's like, um, you know, one of these days, you give us fifteen sessions. I'm going to take all of them. I will just have you. I just like 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 the entire the, Fred the entire track. conference. There'll just be there'll be one room with Fred in it. For, like, I don't think the other organisers would let me get away with that, which is which is totally fair because we need to you know we need to spread it, you know, diversity, in and all room, the rest no? of stuff. But <laughs> I'd, I'd sit in that room for it, sure. Yeah, it's it's so hard. You know, people like you know Matthias, like uh, James Brundridge, like uh, you know, like like Fred, uh, you know, like Bruce. You know, these people with just amazing amounts of knowledge like it doesn't matter just come and come and talk to us because you know we will we will all learn from 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 that i'm sure you've noticed while i've been talking that andrew spends his day just cloaked in excellence just everything about him just <laughs> exudes greatness but there's one thing about him even with all of his just magnificence there's one thing that stands out as above the rest. And that's his ability to, to shill a podcast. So we're, we're going to sit here and we're going to sit back and watch a true genius just uh, convince people to maybe leave a five-star review. Let's watch a legend. It's shill time. Take a shill pill. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. This conversation was excellent. I had a blast. I was smiling my, my cheeks off. If you're smiling out there, give us a thumbs up. If you're listening to us, give us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. If you're on YouTube, leave a little comment. If you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, we will read it um, during our little pre-show little ramble. Um, if you'd like to follow us, we are on the bird site at PowerShell Pod, um, or you can email us, PowerShell at pdq.com if you want to talk to us. Thanks to everyone who's reached out recently. We love hearing from you, and uh, occasionally people come to us with questions, and we can connect you with the right answer. Um, I think someone recently reached out to Jordan asking about user group stuff, and Jordan was able to connect them um, with someone in their area who can help out with the user group. So I, I haven't thank you been, to everybody. been attempting to connect. Well, I'm going to help you out with that. We'll All get right. that full closure. <laughs> thanks, Pierre, for reaching out. Um, thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks so much to Rob for joining us. I really appreciate you spending some time with us here today and sharing your insights with our audience. Love the projects. Love your energy. Love your everything. So thanks for joining us, man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a blast.
Thanks for joining the PowerShell Podcast with your hosts, Jordan Hammond and Andrew Plaw. What's the matter with you guys? <laughs> the PowerShell Podcast is a production of PDQ.com 